child-free besties. Welcome to the No Bibs, Burps, Bottles podcast, the number one podcast that focuses on empowering, highlighting, and celebrating African-American women who are child-free, wonderfully made, and living their absolute best child-free life. I am your host and favorite child-free bestie, Dr. Angela L. Harris. Here on the No Bibs, Burps, Bottles podcast, we aim to dispel the stereotypes and assumptions that child-free sisters are lonely, unfulfilled, and unhappy without motherhood and children. So join in on the discussions, which will feature intimate one-on-one interviews, the occasional themed and bonus episodes, and my personal journey and experiences of being a child-free content creator and expert. Remember, womanhood is not synonymous with motherhood. Hey everyone, this is Dr. Angela L. Harris. I am the host and the visionary of No Bibs, Burps, Bottles, and welcome to today's podcast episode. So today we have Tamara Evans, and I'm so excited to have her join us so that she can share her child-free journey and child-free story with us. So stay tuned and listen to this whole podcast because you're in for a treat. So I'm going to let Tamara explain and share a little bit about her background, who she is, what she does. And then after that, we're going to jump right into these questions so that you guys can learn a little bit more about this child-free sister. So Tamara, thank you for joining me today. I hope that you're excited because I'm excited. But let's start off with you sharing a little bit about where you're from, your background, your your career, and anything that you'd like to share with our audience. Okay, so my name is Tamara Evans, and I'm originally from Huntsville, Alabama. Um, I'm currently living in Highland, California. Um, I'm a librarian by trade. Um, Other things about me, um, I'm six feet tall, so as I call vertically enhanced, um, I'm an Aries, left-handed, the oldest of three, um, I've been married to my husband, I think this year was the 15th year we've been married. Yes. So, um, and in my spare time, I love to exercise. I exercise every morning. Um, I love to read. Um, I also journal, um, play video games and do word search puzzles. So I think that's pretty much me in a nutshell. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And you just sharing all of that very um, interesting um, background and interesting person. I talked about your shirt before we started. And so how long have you been a vegan? So I've been vegan since August, um, August 28th, 2009. So yeah. So a while. A yeah. While. Yeah. So a while. Yes. <laughs> so tell me um, your favorite vegan recipe that you make. Not that you get from the <laughs> restaurant that you make. So it's funny you ask that specific question because I am not a cook at all. I am the microwave queen. Luckily, God bless me with a husband who is a excellent cook. And so everything he makes is awesome. There's nothing bad that he makes. Um, he makes um, awesome quesadillas um, for breakfast time, tofu scrambles, um, all sorts of yummy assorted vegan goodness. But I am not a cook. I can microwave though. I can microwave for days and nights, but actually cooking putting ingredients together and making something edible, that's not my ministry, so. <laughs> well, thank God for having a good husband that knows how to cook. What about a, a favorite dish, vegan dish that you've gotten from a restaurant? Oh, let's see. So um, I love vegan deep dish pizza. Um, that's really good, yeah. Um, what else? Um, Sounds good. I'm a big pizza girl and quesadillas. I love a good vegan quesadilla. Um, the vegan, vegan food has come a long way. Um, and anything that I want, um, being I'm, again, was from the South originally, anything that I want to eat, it's available now. Even, you know, there was like cracklins. Someone made a vegan version of cracklins, which just boggles my mind. 
but yet it exists. So there you go. <laughs> wow. I'm in, um, I'm in Charlotte and I see you on Instagram. I, I, her name is escaping me right now, but she does um, vegan soul food. And like she had like, it was fried fish and macaroni and, and everything looked, I mean, so good. I'm like, how is that looking like fried fish? I, it was just amazing. So yes, that, I mean, vegan and eating plant-based, it's just come a long way, come a long way. Yes. So thank you for sharing that. Thank you for sharing You're that. You're welcome. How would you describe your life currently as a child-free African-American Black woman? So my day starts at 5.15 every morning. So 5.15 every morning, I start my day by getting up. I exercise. After that, I um, meditate. So I recently um, downloaded the Calm app, which is really good. Um, I'm a person who's very much go, go, go. So that app has helped me kind of like take time every day to just slow down and just get centered. Um, after that, you know, take a shower, everything else, wake, wake hubby up. Um, <laughs> then we go to work. Um, go to work, then come home from work, have dinner and just decompress. So whether it's decompressing by journal writing or, you know, listening to a podcast or reading a book, that's pretty much my day. So I, I jokingly say I'm like an old lady because I'm usually in bed by like eight or nine at mm -hmm. night. And my husband is the complete opposite of me. I'm eight in bed by eight or nine and my husband's up at like one or midnight watching his anime or his manga. So <laughs> I can relate to your husband because when you said 515, I, I'm i not saw the look person. on your face. The look on your face is like, what? <laughs> I have not, I've, I've tried to set my clock. I've tried, I mean, even reading up on this, like how do people just become morning people? Um, It's just not in my DNA. I love to sleep. I love to take naps. I think it's just something passed down from my mom. So I'm always kudos to those who seize the day like five o'clock in the morning. So but, and the uh, early and the early morning, um, like you were mentioning from your uh, DNA. So my mom is an early riser too. So I think that kind of like residual. So my mom, as long as I can remember, she was an early riser. My grandma up, you know, before the chickens, before the sun, sun came up, my grandma was up. And so I kind of think the DNA was it's early in the morning. There's too much time in the day. Just get up. And so I jokingly say, like, even when I'm off work, I'm up at 5.15 every morning. It's like, doesn't matter if it's weekday, weekend. It's like, get up, exercise, get your day started. So, you, you know, the whole joke of, I do more by 8 a.m. than most people yes, do all day. Yes, yes. And you're probably just, your body is probably just used to it now. Yes. But kind of thinking about, um, you know, just your overall day, but just, overall being a child-free woman, would you say that you're just not having kids and you and your husband deciding not to have kids? Is it, you know, is it a boring life? It is a interesting life. Is there, are there any reservations? Well, no. So in reference to me and my husband, I'm the oldest of three. So I have a younger brother and younger sister. And my brother is the, I mean, my, sorry, my husband is the youngest of two. So he has an older sister. And so my sister-in-law, she does have a son. Um, he's 22. While my brother and sister, none of us have children. I think society drums into women's heads early on that there's a certain way that womenhood's supposed to look like, which is why I love your catchphrase. Um, because, you know, early on it's, okay, you need to follow the script. You need to, you know, date a man. You need to get married. You need to have 2.5 kids and a white picket fence and a pet and a pets and, you know, all this stuff. And so when I got with my husband, who was my boyfriend at the time, you know, I was still kind of buying into that societal script. And then as time progressed, I realized, is that really something I want to do? Because I admit I'm a selfish person. I'm selfish with my time. I'm selfish with my husband's time where I'm kind of like, I like that it's, we're, we're, it's, it's, there's just two of us. And there's certain um, situations that I feel we wouldn't be able to take advantage of if it, we were a family. Mm -hmm. um, so as I mentioned before, I recently um, changed jobs. And so being it was two of us, we didn't have to think about 
oh, we're having to take the kids out of school. You know, even, um, you know, people who have pets. I mean, there's a lot of things to consider. If you have pets, it's, okay, we have to board the pets and everything else like that versus me and my husband. It was a conversation. We weighed the pros and cons and we made that decision um, together that it was in my best interest to move on somewhere else professionally. And so I think being it was just the two of us, that was something that made it a lot easier versus the moving parts that comes when you have children. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you make such a, a, a great um, statement, Tamara, because a lot of times it, some women just are not sure what they want, right? So they have these uh, societal pressures or maybe these subtle remarks from a family member. And the, before you know it, you're actually choosing a lifestyle that somebody else has created for you opposed to what you want for yourself. But, exactly. Um, I'm going to go into this question now, now that there's kind of an opportunity to do so. So you and your husband, um, you know, uh, have no children. Is that something that was important to you? Is that something that was like talked about during the courting phase or something that like both of you knew you wanted. Um, so it was just kind of easy to say, neither one of us want kids. So tell me a little bit about that courting process and that discussion about being a child-free couple. So I will, I will admit, and I'm sure my husband will chuckle when he sees this podcast. I lied to him. Um, I told him initially, yes, I want the perfect, you know, you mean married and 2.5 kids. I don't even know what 0.5 kids mean. Um, the picket fence, and the pets, and I just want kumbaya and a family. And I think when we got engaged, because we had a long engagement, I think we were engaged like eight years, maybe, um, a longer engagement. And eventually I was kind of like, I don't really want that. I want to live a life that I feel is authentically me. And as a child, I jokingly say, I didn't like children when I was a child. Um, For me, children are little adults. And I really felt that most kids were really whiny and needy and they weren't independent. And so for me, it was kind of like the idea of, do you really want to sign yourself up for that? Because even though parents are like, you know, oh, you know, I'm a parent for 18 years. I'm like, no, no, there's people that are 70 and are still parents of their 50 year old children. And parenting is a job that you never don't have, you know? And so for me, you know, once we did get serious, I did tell him, you know, hey, I've been thinking about it. And I realized that I don't really see, you know, motherhood or having children as a future life goal. And luckily, you know, again, my husband is awesome. The best husband named Dennis ever, um, but he, he, he understood. And he, you know, we had a conversation in reference to what that looks like. And my husband's an awesome man. He, he interacts really well with children. Children just love him and gravitate towards him. But I think we both realized eventually that there's other ways to be active in the lives of children without them, without bringing them home. I mean, I think of like teachers that they work with children all day and they get loved up on all day. And then when they go home, they can take that off and just be them and their cats, just them and their books. And so I think in that regard, it's definitely more of a conversation that although in me, initially I was following societal roles, I realized that to be true to myself, I need to admit that I didn't see motherhood as something that I wanted to aspire to. And luckily, my husband was very understanding about that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so the, the kind of the key point is luckily your husband was open to that. However, I wanted to know what you think you would have done had had your husband said like, hey, you told me this in the beginning and this is what I was banking on and I want to be a father. I mean, even though you're you're at a good point now, how do you think, as I share that with you, what do you think um, you would have done and how would you have managed that? Because I think this will be helpful maybe for other women to hear. Well, I mean, my husband's background was he actually kind of helped parent his um, 
his nephew. So um, as a young baby, you know, my husband was very involved in my nep- in his nephew's life in reference to raising him from like a little baby to like maybe five years. And so he realized too, that he didn't really wasn't fond of that age bracket. And so he kind of made a joke of, you know, yeah, I'd like to adopt a kid. And, you know, like on the soap operas where you just send him upstairs and he's gone until he's 18, he comes back. And then you, you know, you say, son, all of this is yours, you know, stuff like that. And so, you know, I kind of think that had, it went the other way. Had he said, you know, this wasn't what I signed up for that, you know, you know, kind of you lied to me. I think the way in which I was raised, the way my mother raised me, one, she raised me to be an independent woman that, you know, if, if you find a life partner, then that's fine. But if not, then you should be able to stand on your own two feet and be whoever you want to be. And so I think if my husband had said, you know, you lied to me, we, this relationship can't pr- progress, I would be like, you know, I respect your perspective. You know, you're right. I did lie to you. And, you know, I think we would have parted on friendly terms because my whole thing is I'm not going to try to force you to embrace the choice that I made, especially when that wasn't the initial perception. So I think, Mm -hmm. you know, you know, it would have been a sad situation, but at the same time, I would have completely understood because relationships should be built on honesty. And, you know, also relationships are fluid. So, you know, you may be in a relationship with someone initially and your feeling could change about different things. Like, you know, some women may initially say, I don't want children at all, but then you meet the right person and suddenly you're saying, oh, I can see actually having children. So I really think it's something that changes um, based on the individual person. Yes, yes. And Tamara, I appreciate your honesty and your transparency because I do believe that there are women who struggle with that. You know, like, I really don't want kids, but, you know, um, I I want a family. I want this partner and they want kids. So I appreciate you kind of talking about your your um your marriage and how you went about that in regards to where you and your husband are today. So something I want to return back to you, back yeah. to you. And it was funny because I was kind of like laughing inside when you said, you know, even when I was a little kid, you know, little people just was not my jam. Yeah. The whining and the crying. And a lot of times that could be hard for child-free women to admit. But what were your earliest recollections of not wanting children? Like where when, when can you pinpoint that? Well, I mean, I think being the oldest of three, I always felt like I had to take care of my younger brother and sister and, and not even just like physically day-to-day stuff, but kind of like, oh, watching out for them. And so, you know, the idea of doing that as a child and doing that as a grown-up didn't really appeal to me. It was more of, you know, you can barely, I can barely take care of myself as a child. You know, it's hard enough sometimes to go, okay, have you done ABC? And so the idea of having little people, which is what I call kids, not little, I'm not a baby talker or any of that. I treat children like little adults and you know I I jokingly say too I admit I'm also an introvert I'm very sarcastic and so being an introverted person and me and my husband had talked about this too to joke of if we had kids it would be very you know hot and cold and that my husband is very talkative I make a joke that my husband were complete opposites he doesn't meet a stranger just a friend he hasn't seen in a long time I mean he can literally become friends with everybody versus me I'm tend to be more guarded of who's this person? How do you know them? Why are you speaking to them? And so I think if we had had kids, I'd be very much, uh, I would probably interact with our child, but it would probably be very seldomly versus I think my husband would take more of the, the lead parentship role. And so I wouldn't want a child to feel like, you know, feel like they weren't wanted or feel like there's something wrong with them when it's more of just my natural personality type is that I'm a very, um, I tend to observe people when I first meet you And then if I decided you're worth interacting with, then, you know, I open up, but you know, it's different when you become a parent, you don't have that, that luxury. It's like the child is here. Guess what? You're now on. And that's why I call it interacting with Mm -hmm. people. I'm on. So when you have a child, 
you are never not on. The child's asking questions, they're needing direction, they need guidance, and you have to always be available to do that. And that's a full-time job that I don't feel that I was ready for, um, just because I feel like it's full-time job being a, a wife, a daughter, an employee, a friend. There's many hats that you know we wear as women. And so it's like, do I really want to put one more hat on? No, yeah. I'm good. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. so yeah, I think being the oldest and just having to be, you know, kind of a parental role, because if you're the oldest and you have siblings, you kind of are the substitute parent in that regard. And some people kind of like, that's when they realize, hey, you know, I really want to be a parent because of those experiences. But for me, I'm like, no, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. So with, so with those experiences, some women that I've talked to, it's like I took care of my nieces or nephews or my younger siblings. And, you know, I had this just natural maternal um, bond and instinct. Would you describe yourself as maternal? And if yes, say more. If no, say more. Well, I'm going to say no, and it's probably also because of my background. So my, um, I was raised by a single mother, um, and so kind of unfortunately with that, I was kind of taught at an early age that not to trust men, not to trust men. Um, you know, I had, you know, female relatives say very disparaging things about my father and things like that. And when you're a child, you really, you, you automatically trust all adults. So all adults are, are the people who tell the truth. And so it only took me getting older to realize, you know, question the validity of things that were said. And so that kind of fractured relationship between my parents really colored the way I viewed marriage, the way I viewed romantic relationships, and even the way I viewed parenting. You know, my mom being a single parent, I felt like my whole life I saw her struggle, you know, having to take care of three kids by herself. You know, she worked, you know, the good memories I have were on Saturday, she would take us to the library, which is where I got my love of books. You know, I remember first time going there and, and checking out and I'm like I get all this stuff for free and oh my god this is great and my mom did also work as a library technician for the government as well but it was just more of as a single parent it is such hard work I mean you really you never have time for yourself you are giving constantly giving pieces of yourself to your children every day you know to your children to your job my mom's very heavy in the church as well so it's kind of like when do you really have time for yourself and so I think for that it really kind of turned me off the whole idea of being a parent you know I felt like even if I had met a partner and decided to be a parent I kind of felt like it would probably fall the job would fall more heavily onto me than you know the my, my spouse just because again that's how I was raised in reference to the woman you know your job is to be, be it, to just be independent. You know, if, if you get a man who can help, awesome. But at the end of the day, it's, you know, you're on your island by yourself. Thank you so much for sharing that. Because again, I've spoken to sisters who um, really have struggled with that in regards to, I don't feel maternal, you know, and I never felt that maternal, like, ooh, I ooze, you know, like baby. No, I'm not like, oh, babies. I'm, no, no, I, I joke, I said, you know, the, my oven's broken. I've, I've passed a timer. You know, the timer's not going to ring anytime soon because when you get to be a certain age, it's, oh, so you're married. So where, so what about the babies, children? I'm like, no. And this actually, I think is a good segue into one of the other questions was um, in reference to colleagues and friends and how they view, you know, me as a child-free person. And so it's only recently that I feel like there was some kind of pity um, at my job um, with coworkers because it was like, oh, you know, you're married. Yes, you have children. No, it's like, oh, oh, how sad or why not? And I'm kind of like, 
wait, wh why are you, why are you sad? Because <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm like, you know, I think too often people wish children upon people, but not realizing the full investment that having children involves. I mean, I think of people that have baby showers all the time and it's like, oh, here's all this great stuff. But once the baby arrives, then that's it for support. And so, you know, I'm really, um, as I mentioned before, I'm an introvert. And so my friendship, my friend pool is like really small. Like I have two best friends. I, well, yeah, two best friends from middle school and that those are my closest friends. And so both of them have children and, you know, we, I don't, we do talk about the children in reference to you. Like we communicate more on social media since, you know, I'm in California and they're in the South, one's in Alabama and one's in Florida. So we're mainly contacting, keeping in touch through social media and things like that. Mm -hmm. But it's just more interesting that when you say that you're married and you don't have children, people kind of are taken aback by that. Because I think that, again, society says if you're married, it should be strictly for procreation. You can't be married to someone without there being an end goal. And the end goal should be you should be making more people. You can't just enjoy someone's company and say, you know, I got baggage, you got baggage, our baggage sets met, match, let's just marry, you know? So, yeah. <laughs> so I, I just find it very interesting. Hey, I'm stopping my own YouTube video and podcast episode to let you know about NoBibsBurbsBottles.com. That's right, stop and visit our website today. We have a bunch of awesome child-free pride merchandise made especially for you. Visit NoBibsBurbsBottles.com today. Peace. So Tamara, how have you handled those experiences, especially at work, um, when, you know, when it's the, oh, wow, or when someone is a little bit more bold and like, you and your husband don't have kids, like, what, do you have any real life examples or just as I present that to you, how are you likely to respond? Well, I think, hmm, I think I've been accused of being blunt at times because, you know, it's kind of like, like when people say, oh, I'm sorry, I'm like, sorry for what? I, I mean, really because not this We're is not good. your life this is I mean this is my life I'm I'm sorry that you want children for me but that's not my life path I mean you know and it's great that people want to I, I think it's more of when they only see one facet of you so if people see me and Dennis out and they're like oh wow Dennis is so great he's great with kids he'd be a great father I'm like uh, 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 you're making assumptions here just because you see a small isolated incident of someone interacting off a child that does not make a parent. I know many people that I feel would be great parents that can't have children. And I've seen awesome children who have horrible parents. So you shouldn't make that assumption. And I think when it comes to people kind of like, oh, why not? Or, oh, I'm sorry. It's kind of like, I realize now that people can feel what they feel, but mm -hmm. then the day that my life is my life and, you know, it's up to me to live my best life and not try to project or live my life to make others happy. Because, mm -hmm. you know, I feel like too often lots of women have done that. They have lived their life based on what they feel other people want from them. And that just leads to misery and sadness. And, you know, I think I'm at the age now where I'm like, no, I'm just going to I'm going to do me. You know, Dennis mm -hmm. will do him. And we'll, we're just a good couple. We're a happy couple that way. Mm -hmm. And this is what this platform is all about. This is why I started No Bibs Burps Bottles to be able to illuminate for others that there are other ways in which women are living. Not every woman wants to be a mother. And even those who are just like child free now, but they desire kids later, but they want to be married. So again, I really do appreciate you sharing your story. Um, going back to your two girlfriends that have kids, um, before they had kids, were there conversations or was there an awareness of hey, we're child-free, did you share with your girlfriends that 
um, that you never wanted kids? How, how has that been in your, your friend group, the two girlfriends you mentioned? So actually, I don't think we've ever had the conversation. I don't think it, it I honestly think, remembering now, I don't think it's a conversation we ever actually had. I think it was kind of like an unspoken kind of like truce that, you know, we were going to follow the script. We were going to get married and we were going to have kids and things like that. And I think I just always kind of had a feeling within me that kids was not something that I saw myself. Like in all my future, because um, I journal, I've been journaling since I was like in elementary school. And all my journal entries, I never saw any journal entries that were like, oh, I can't wait to have kids. I can't wait to be a mom, things like that. It was more of, here's the goals I have. Like, you know, I want to go to college. I want to, you know, I want to do this. I want to run events. I want to run races. I want to do ve eat all the vegan things, you know, things like that. But, you know, within my friendship group, I think it was just kind of a um, silent truce that we're going, you know, we were dating age. We're going to get married. We're going to have kids. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, okay. So prior to meeting your husband, was dating someone um, that didn't have kids important? Were you, did you, have you ever dated anyone who has children? Do you prefer 18 and up? Um, did you date someone who had little kids? Like what was your dating life before you got married and where was the priority in regards to being child-free? So uh, as again, as an introvert, I didn't really date much probably because I didn't really talk to guys. So actually the first boyfriend I had before my husband, it's, it's funny, funny story. So um, <laughs> I was at Walmart. I was at Walmart and I was waiting for my family to come out the store and I saw this guy who worked there and he was a hot guy. I mean, I, I like him tall. I like my guys tall because I'm a tall woman and he mm -hmm. was like 6'2 and he was pushing the carts and stuff. And so I'm just like, I, I don't know, I got bold and just, you know, hollered at him and, you know, yeah, so we, we got together like that. Um, but the thing about him, um, though, was the fact that he came from a large family. Well, by large family, I mean, he had two older sisters. And so he was living in a house with his two older sisters and their three kids and his parents and he was living there too and so our relationship it was um it kind of didn't su survive because he didn't want me to continue my um higher education in college because that was the kind of the experience that was mirrored with his parents his parents um his father was a breadwinner i think his parents met in college but once they got together their father told the mom you know you're done with college and they just did that. And so for me, you know, again, as I mentioned before, being an independent woman, I did not see a viable future with me not finishing college because, you know, again, I was raised education's key, education equals independence. And so that's how our relationship ended. But I think just dating in general is very much of, I'm pretty sure I didn't want a man with kids because for me, if you're dating a man with children, then there has to be a mother involved. And for me, I'm not someone who really likes, <laughs> I don't like talking to people for real as I have to. And then I did two of possible confrontations in reference to raising styles, you know, how you want to raise children and rear children. That didn't seem very appealing to me at all. So when I dated, I think I wanted an educated man, an intelligent man, and a man who had um, goal and ambition and drive. So mm -hmm. I think those are all, um, you know, qualities I wanted, but definitely no children at all. Got it. Got it. And again, there, you know, it's all about um, not wavering from what you want and what you desire. I think, you know, it's okay if you have that as a boundary and then you meet someone, you like fall in love. You're like, oh, I love the kid too. So good for you for just saying like, this is who I am and this is what I'm sticking to. So yep. I would love to know about your family. So I know you talked about um, your mom being a single mom and even your husband's family. A lot of times families can put this pressure, like when are you going to give me some grandkids? Mm -hmm. And that, that pressure of extending the family, like 
who's going to lead, who's going to push the name forward. So did your um, mom ever talk to you about wanting grandkids? Did your husband's family kind of poke him? Like, what are you guys doing? Well, I know, I think I was worried about my mom's reaction because as you said before, parents sometimes put that pressure on you. So I remember having a conversation with my mom where it was pretty much, I, you know, finally came to acceptance that I didn't want kids. And it, I feel it went well because when I told her, I think her response was something like, oh, well, that's okay. Cause I didn't really, you know, expect you to have kids anyway. And so I was kind of like, thank you. Um, and, and I know, I know that was like big sweat off brow. Awesome. Um, in reference to my husband's family, my husband's family is funny because they don't talk at me. They use more dentists. My husband is a mediator. So it's like, if there's issues regarding me having kids, I haven't heard about it. They may have like told Dennis about it, but he's never come to me like, hey, babe, my mom is saying, when are we having grandkids or whatever? I mean, I think too, the fact that his sister has a child kind of takes the pressure off us as well. I think if it was a situation where, you know, I, me and my brother and sister don't have kids, um, Dennis and his sister didn't have kids, I think it would probably be more of an issue than it is. But because my sister-in-law does have a child, I think that kind of takes a little bit of pressure off. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So can you share a little bit about um, your thoughts about just child-free African-American women, Black women in media, society, in print? What comes up to you? Are you seeing a representation of us, whether bad, um, positive, or just in between? What are some thoughts that come to mind when, when, you, when I say about child-free women in print, media, society? Well, when I think of Black um, child-free women, I think it tends to be very driven, career-focused, um, you know, I don't need a man. I got all this. And, and I don't really see child-free Black couples represented well. I think when it when a narrative is presented, it's usually, oh, biologically, they can't have, ch they're childless. They're childless and not so much child-free. Um, and, you know, of course, men, I think men in general, it's men tend to be viewed as bachelors. Oh, he's a playboy. He doesn't need kids. You know, he's out here scoring all the women and everything else. And so, I would love to see more positive or just better representations of black child child free couples living their lives and not being sad. Um, because I think often it's like, oh, well, you know, we've been married 30, 40 years and we don't have kids and we're sick of each other. And I don't know what we're doing here anymore. But I mean, child free people in general have such rich lives. We, we don't sit around focusing on the fact that we're child free all day. We're living our lives and going to work and and eating and exercising and just being regular people. So I don't quite understand why folks tend to make a big deal out of, oh, you, you're, you're free of children. What's wrong with you, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times from the flip side of that is it's like, again, that pressure of why can't you just enjoy your husband or enjoy your wife? Or if you're single like me, why can't I just enjoy my life? There doesn't need to be this um, little person attached to me in order to feel fulfilled and, you know, be happy. So hence, again, why I'm really, um, you know, loving that sisters are embracing their child-free lifestyle because we're not old maids. I'm not an old maid. You're not an old maid. There's nothing wrong with you and Dennis is that you guys are a child-free couple. And again, you're just a couple living your life. So do you believe uh, the experience of the child-free African-American women, um, are they different from other um, women in other cultures? Just your overall thoughts about that. I know there's the child-free umbrella. And the reason why I ask that is because sometimes people are like, why are you focused on black child-free women? I have a whole nother response for that. No, no, I think they're different. And so, you know, kind of even speaking to what you're saying in reference to focusing on black child-free women. I feel that, um, it's funny, I'm actually reading a book right now called Fatally Ever After, where it's talking about, um, it's, it's a book for fat black women and I was living their life unapologetically and I'm really enjoying that book right now because it talks about how 
feminism has pretty much become a white woman thing. And just like child-free and child childlessness, child-free women tends to be a white woman thing. And black women are such, so multi-layered and there's a myriad of black female experiences. And so I think that your podcast and your, you know, your, your whole project is very timely in that, you know, black women have so many different experiences, life experiences. There's many roads that led us to being child-free. And I think it's a disservice to just make an assumption that all black women have the same experience or inroad to becoming child-free. And so, you know, I think that different cultures re respond differently. You know, some cultures really pretty much are based on patriarchy. You need, you know, you have no value if you don't have children uh, or, you know, in reference to white people, I feel like white people have a lot more freedom to make different choices in life than black people do. And so I feel that, you know, culturally, I think we're very different. Mm -hmm. And I think it takes a very strong person to, uh, to bring to attention that there are differences. We have similarities, but we also have differences. Yeah, and, and definitely. And really, it's about um, just celebrating the, the whole gamut of being child-free and, and me carving out a little portion of my lane, which is being child-free and Black and African-American. And I've posted on my Instagram here and there that people in the world will see me as a brown-faced woman before they even know that I'm child-free. And just a brown-faced woman by itself, you know, depending on where you are and what your belief system are, there's going to be some thoughts about just me being a Black woman. You know, yes. so why this platform is so important. So thank you for sharing that. As a child-free couple, what what will your legacy, you know, look like? What will you, what is the legacy for you and Dennis? Well, that's a good question. So for me, um, I think my legacy, I'd say my legacy is both professional and um, personal. So as I mentioned before, I'm a librarian. I've been, um, I've been in library land um, since I was 15 years old. I um, officially got my master's in library information studies in 2009. So been a professional library assistant. And so my legacy is the people that I mentor. Um, oddly enough, I just mentored, two people I mentored recently got positions um, within the library system. And so for me, any way that I can, you know, whether it's showing someone a book or showing someone, um, you know, putting people, connecting them with information resources, that's my legacy. Um, Personally, I like I said, been vegan since 2009. So if you know you see my Instagram, or my Facebook, or read my blog, or you know any of that, and that inspires you to have one less day of eating meat, yes. Mm -hmm. And then also I run, I exercise, I also um run. I've done half marathons, one marathon, only one, um, and five k's and ten k's. <laughs> so you know if you see my Instagram and that inspires you to get up and exercise, that's my legacy. So you know I feel that there's many ways that one can leave a legacy that isn't necessarily connected to, you know, procreating, creating children and things like that. It's what type of um, acts of service and, you know, what type of foundation are you leaving for others? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I love it. I love it. And really, it's about illuminating for people that there's many ways to leave parts of you to the world without actually having to have a child for that child to leave parts of you in the world. We can actually do that ourselves. So, yes. so prior to us connecting, like, did you, what were, what was your um, knowledge about the child-free lifestyle? Did you see yourself as this proud child-free woman? Was it anything that was on your radar or is this all new to you? Well, I think it's new to, for me to embrace being child-free. There's lots of things that I'm just now recently embracing, you know, being child-free, um, being proud of my, my body as it currently is, because I think for a while it was like, 
Again, worth is society says your worth is connected to your body size. Smaller bodies have more worth. Um, if you're having children, children are worth. And if you don't have either of those things, what's your value really? And so for me, it's more of, no, I am a valuable person. I'm a person of worth. worth. You know, I, I'm a librarian. I'm a vegan. I'm a runner. I'm a daughter. I'm a wife. I'm, I'm all these different things. And so just learning not to let society dictate who I am and what my value is as a person are all things that, you know, that I have kind of gathered and gotten, you know, accepted, accepted really recently. And so, I, you know, I really appreciate your podcast being in existence just because, again, you're shedding a light on the fact that there are Black child-free women that, you know, are joyfully living their lives. They're, again, we're not spinsters, we're not old maids, we're not counting down the days until we can just, you know, get in a coffin or nothing. No, we're, you know, we're living, we're loving, we're traveling, we're, we're having exciting and fulfilling lives without, just without, you know, children. What will you tell a young sister who's just like 24, 25, and they have confirmed for themselves that they do not want children, yet they are feeling that societal pressure, that family pressure, that pressure from a partner. What will you tell a young sister? I think I would tell her to, hmm, I would tell her to be true to herself. If she realizes that child, motherhood is not for her, then she should stand in her truth. And although it may hurt for a while, you know, feeling the non-acceptance, at the end of the day, she will be living her full truth and her best life. You know, and it's not for everyone to understand. You know, sometimes the life that you lead, you're walking that road by yourself, you mm -hmm. know. And it's just about knowing that there's a whole community here that's waiting that feels the way you feel and are here to accept you and uplift you. So if you, you know, you have no support system, once you, you know, stand in your truth, just know that there are people all over the world that feel like you do that are embracing being child-free. So you're yep. not alone. Not alone, not alone. We have a, we have a community, no biz burps bottles. We have other child-free communities. So hopefully as we are continuing to talk about being child-free and embracing that, that um, young women, older women, um, they, they know that they are not alone. So, so Tamara, you and your relationship and where you are today, any regrets, anything that you would do differently? I probably would have told Dennis earlier how I felt in reference to having the kids. Um, again, I would have just trusted him more or trusted our, the, the strength of our relationship more. I, I don't think it, I would have not waited until we got engaged to have disclosed to him how I felt truly about children. I think that it's important to start your relationship off, off right. So, you know, once you realize something that's as monumental in most relationships as, you know, the idea of having children, once you come to acceptance, it's important to just kind of, you know, verbalize it. And if the relationship su survives, then good. But if it doesn't, then, you know, it maybe wasn't meant to be. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I really, really do appreciate you sharing that because some, some could say like, wow, some can make a judgment call about that. And I appreciate you sharing that with me, sharing that in this space, because I know that there are other sisters who are like, hey, like, this is where I am. But like, you know, how do you kind of um, negotiate that with, I don't want children, but here's this awesome person who's like loving me and, and giving me all this stuff. And maybe that fear of losing that because you don't want kids. So I really do appreciate you sharing and being so transparent about that because I know that that's going to help um, someone else. So thank you. You're welcome. So, so before I let you go, I would love for you to share with the audience of where they can find you, any um, exciting things on the horizon 
a horizon for you. This is your time to shine as a child-free sister. So please let us know where we can follow you and just any um, other things that you would like us to know. Okay, so let's see. If you want to follow me, um, I'm probably most active on Instagram. So uh, you can find me at glassesgirl79 because I wear glasses. I'm a girl and I was born in 79. Um, let's see what else. Um, I also have a blog. It's called um, Vegan from the Ville because I'm from Huntsville. So that is veganfromtheville.blogspot.com. Where else? Um, I'm on Facebook as Tamara D. Johnson Evans because I'm so old school with Facebook. You know, I had it since you had to have a college email address to have Facebook. Um, let's see. Um, and I think that's pretty much it. Mainly um, Instagram, I will give the disclaimer, I post various things. So you might see library life, you might see vegan life, you might, you'll definitely see a workout every morning because workout, workout exercise is my drug of choice. Um, so um, I think that's pretty much it for me in social media. But yeah, I'm so appreciative that we were able to get together and talk and hopefully, you know, inspire more child-free women to you know, accept and embrace and just know that there's a community here that's supporting and here for them. Yes, yes, yes. And again, I will have all um, Tamara's information in our show notes. And so as we wrap up, Tamara, thank you so much again for um, supporting No Biz Verse Bottles. Thank you so much for being a guest on our podcast and sharing your child-free um, story with us. And I continue everyone that's listening to our podcast to please continue listening where we will highlight, celebrate other child-free African-American um, sisters sharing their story. And one last thing before I let everyone go, please remember that womanhood is not synonymous with motherhood. Thank you so much for listening. Peace. You have been listening to the No Bibs Burps Bottles podcast, a podcast dedicated to the empowerment of African-American Black child-free women. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave us a five-star rating. And don't forget to share this podcast with another child-free bestie. Stay tuned for the next episode, and until then, keep living your best child-free life.